Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. I'm Tommy Dees, sports producer at the Tennessean. Hi, I'm Adam Sparks, uh, Vanderbilt beat reporter with the Tennessean. You know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're breaking down the doors. Okay. The, the the Commodores, the Vanderbilt Commodores, anchor down and all that. And I'm back this week. Yes, you are. And, uh, yeah, you broke down your car. And I, my car is back. Yay. Tell us a little about that. Why don't we open, like, behind the curtain for the for the listener and tell them about your personal um, travails last week. On the way to the Vanderbilt. You didn't Tuesday. want to cut a podcast is what it comes down <laughs> yes, to. Yes, that's it. On the way to the Vanderbilt football press conference last Tuesday, last week, car told me I'm not running anymore, essentially. So I ended up stranded on the on the side of West End, managed to start it enough again, and probably did more damage to it trying to get it into a parking lot. And then Larry Leathers, the longtime Vandy football SID, drove from where the press conference was at Vandy, picked me up, got me there in time. Oh, my Yeah. Uh, you know, I had some car trouble been about a month, month, and I didn't even think to call Larry. <laughs> you should have. He would have done it. I should have called him. So uh, Leathers got me up to the press conference just in time. Uh, now, the update is when I was in South Carolina for this last Vandy game. With a rental. Yep, with a rental. I got a call, and uh, he said, hey, your car's fixed. Come get it. Usually the first call is not your car's fixed. The first call is... How much is, is it going to be? Right. So I said, well, you didn't even tell me what you've done to it. And uh, anyway, long story short, I showed up yesterday, and it was like five different recalls on the car, and then like another uh, part in the transmission that was under warranty, under extended warranty, and it had about 10 lines on the invoice, and all of them said zero dollars. I had a similar experience, although not involving my car's older than warranty, and, and there were no recall notices. But um, this summer, my, my um, I need a new air compressor on my air conditioner. And so I went to, I'm going to shout out to Pet Boys. Went to Pet Boys, and they, they fixed me up, and I paid for that. And so I'm driving to work uh, one day, and like I'm driving home. And I start hearing this kind of weird, weird squeaking, squawking sound. I'm like, this, but it didn't drive differently. So I don't know what this is. And so, you know, we'll go home. I didn't drive it again until I go to work the next day. Got to where I was getting off on Broadway off of the interstate. And it, it started squawking a lot. And then it went clunk. And then I had no power steering. Like, so I had to like manually fight my steering wheel to make every turn, get it up a, a parking deck where you have to turn, 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 turn. Sure. And uh, I got my work done that I needed to get done, and I took it to a different Pep Boys. And I sat and waited while they looked at it, and the guy comes out and he says, did somebody work on your air conditioner recently? And I said, yeah, your company did. One of one of your other uh, locations did. And he said, well, let me, let me look this up and check. And he came back and basically somebody didn't screw in something right, so Free. the compressor fell and broke the power steering column i don't know what you call it call the, the sure 
whatever you know. I don't know cars. I know gas were, and oil. That's it broke it. something that had to do with power steering, like the the belt, I guess. So basically, they fixed it for free overnight. Like put me at the front of the line, and like the next morning, it was and I, that's like taking it in at four o'clock, no charge. So thanks, Pet Boys. Thanks to your warranty and your. Um, Recalls and um, we we both got off scot free. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Vanderbilt did not get off scot free. They uh, did not. Well, that was a bad transition. I, I'm trying to get us back on track. That's okay. We, we're both we're both. You've got Mountain Dew over there. I've got my toffee nut coffee. We're yeah. both trying to. Do you don't like toffee nut? I, I don't. I just like coffee. You know, I'll, like I don't go in Starbucks or wherever. No, or I like Americano. I whatever. like coffee with just names. Want a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's Toffee Nut right there. Yeah, it's a good name for a dog, by the way. I like that. Though. Yeah. I, I would name a dog that if yeah, I had. You're a dog. Toffee Nut. Come here, girl. Yeah, you like that? I did. I'd, I'd name a boy that, but <laughs> you know, we can debate that. But anyway, so the okay. so the, the Commodores uh, got the toffee beat out of them, um, <laughs> and their last outing. Why don't Why don't we talk about that? Yeah, it was a. Uh, you know, it was a game that Vandy could have won through 10 minutes, and then from there it, it tanked. A nice opening drive. Yep, and they've been up 7 to nothing in six of eight games They're good at year. scripting those plays. They need to script the whole game. <laughs> they should. They should. That 15-play sheet. defensive stops in there, <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, defense was better. Uh, defense has been serviceable the last couple of games. Uh, the, the news of the day, and I guess of the week, has to do with the quarterbacks and the Kalaja Lipscomb situation. South Carolina game, Kalaja Lipscomb, all-SCC wide receiver, was in uniform, went through went through warm-ups. We watched him. I, I think he was, it was on TV some. Obviously, I'm there at the stadium, and we watched him through binoculars on the sideline quite a bit, and he was active and moving around and yelling and you know, you look like by the second half, you could didn't tell. Didn't appear to be an injury situation. Yep. Didn't appear to. There's nothing you could tell looking at him that says, oh, that's why he's not out there. Yeah. In the first half, I even tweeted, I thought maybe this is the heel bruise that had bothered him earlier in the season. And then once you saw him moving around with the second half, I thought this, this isn't right. And, you know, it's, it was funny during the second half, the offense would come off the field and go to one side of the sideline, and the big three, Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalaja Lipscomb, Jared Pinckney, a couple times went over and kind of huddled on their own, which is not not necessarily a bad look, but when you're losing a game like that, it's not a good look. And Kalaja had a towel over his head. He didn't look like he was in bad spirits or whatever. But so Dar- if we projected this forward a few years of where NCAA rules were, are going, we could say they're probably over there saying, what's your agent telling you? <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. How much are you getting from the local car dealer for your likeness? <laughs> we could get our cars fixed exactly. even more. We could. They could sponsor the show. The the players could so, but the the post game was it was an, a bizarre situation on Tennessean dot com. Gentry Estes, our columnist, and I did a video kind of rehashing this, and the video is on there of Derek Mason's um, response, and that was. Well, we thought Kalaja could go earlier in the week, and he couldn't. And then late in the week, we thought he could, and then he couldn't, and it just didn't work out. And my follow-up question was, you mean it's an injury? And he said, no, personal reasons. We still don't know what that is. We probably will never know. It could be a million different things, but... It was a bizarre way for Derek Mason to answer that. The news of the day now is he yeah, will well, be playing. It's, it's hard for me to reconcile. So, so basically, you're saying it's not a physical thing. Right. It wasn't discipline because I asked that follow-up. It wasn't up. suspension of any sort. Right. That would fall under discipline, we presume. Most personal things that I think of are things that you Death would not family. You would not make the trip to Columbia, South Carolina, right. and you would not dress out. 
you would you know you'd be in jeans or something mm-hmm. you know or you'd be at home or you'd be wherever the family is or whatever so i don't i don't know what that is but it was it was freaking weird is what it was yeah that does, i don't i'm trying to think of what personally could what could fall under the umbrella presuming Derek's being completely honest honest and forthcoming you can be you can be Honest, but not be forthcoming. Well, and what's weird is he didn't seem very prepared to answer the question. And that's maybe where he, if he did bend the truth, that's why, which, again, was odd to me. Because we asked the, the question quickly, why was your, you know, one of your best receivers in school history mm-hmm. suited up not playing? Right. And it kind of caught him off guard, it seemed, which well, is weird. I'm going to throw throw something that just kind of popped in my mind mm-hmm. out there. So. So it's one, probably my favorite line forever from college game day, back when Lee Corso was prime, prime Lee Corso, yep. who I still find one of the most entertaining people on TV, quite frankly. I just enjoy watching him. But this is uh, in his prior years and everything. And uh, so this is back, uh, gosh, what was this, 1990-something, when, uh, when, when Terry Bowden was dismissed or quit or something he was coach of the auburn tigers on friday night and on saturday morning he wasn't yeah and all of a sudden bill oliver was interim coach and lee corso opened game day by saying terry bowden let me think terry bowden not being coach of the auburn tigers was a tigers was a personal decision his or somebody else's (laughs) (laughs) so this could have been maybe I yeah. wonder, I'm, I'm wondering if this wasn't Derek Mason's personal <laughs> personal issue. I wonder if there, you know, could this be something where he uh, didn't get along with a coach? Something happened on a practice field. Something happened in a uh, a meeting. Well, whatever it was, we do know today. Derek Mason said he met with him Sunday for whatever the issue was, and he's good to go now. So he'll play at Florida Saturday. Um, so he's being punished. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right, playing in the Swamp. I'm going to make you play yep. against Florida. By the way, he has played well in the Swamp. I remember a he touch. Needs, he needs he, a couple of big games. Yeah, He's, he does. You know, I will I will say this. You know, he, he came into this season uh, as as one of the – considered one of the better wideouts in this league. And, and I'm not saying this is all on him. There's some quarterback issues. There's some protection issues. NFL tends not to draft guys real high who aren't productive. Right. Unless there, there's occasional, you know, workout freaks who who bust out some crazy combine thing and jump up the the chart. But to get in that first three rounds, they usually at least, you know, yeah, you, you're tall enough and you're fast enough and you catch the ball, but I've not seen the production. Well, and I do think of the big three, there was the most pressure on him to produce because – Jared Pinkney, whether he slipped in the draft or not, he's still a high draft pick. He's, he's still, still a block, too. Yeah, he still, he has, still has size and speed and ability and all that. Keyshawn Vaughn can still outrun most players that are going to be drafted. And he's actually, I think his stock may have gone up some just because we've seen him do some things between the tackles yes. against good teams. He's caught the ball well out of the backfield. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been, actually probably added to his resume. He's been he's, durable, which was a question last year. So, yeah, but Kalaja Of the three, I think is the one whose stock has not improved the most Correct. i guess you would say yeah so the, the, i'd say three news items is that of the fair day. yes it is it is fair uh, the the three news items of the day Kalaja lipscomb will play against florida frank coppett a safety who's been out most of the year he's been off and on i think he's played two games he is having knee surgery he's out for the season and the two quarterbacks that were out that's mo hassan who's been out two game or game and a half 
Yeah, with uh, gave him a quarter, I guess. Yeah, the guy who gave him the spark when they beat Missouri, Missouri. with he, the surprise start. Yeah. He was he was put out of that game with a concussion out the South Carolina game. He will still be out against Florida. Riley Neal, who threw the first touchdown pass to South Carolina when things looked great, he left with a concussion. He also is out against Florida. So your quarterbacks at the Swamp are Deuce Wallace, who's played six games in relief, so to speak, this year, and uh, Alan Walters, who has never taken a snap in college. So that's your two quarterbacks in Where's the Swamp. Where's Alan from? Uh, New Jersey. I yeah, think. that's one of those things. Like when they tell the lawyer, "Don't ask a question in court," and if you don't know the answer, I think he was, I think he was one of the petty school kids, uh, New Jersey. Okay, uh, which they have a center also that that they got in that same spot. Does he, he have uh, a translator? Because if you're from New Jersey and you're in Nashville, <laughs> you might need one. Both ways. I'm looking right now. I was correct. The Petty School, Chatham, New Jersey. He was a 2018 signee. He was a three star guy. Again, came in with a, with another lineman from the same school. He's he he was number three last year because Deuce Wallace was suspended. So Mo Hassan was the backup to Cal Shermer. Alan Walters, as a true freshman, was but a that number was three. Pretty much a one man show. Yes, basically almost completely, or was it even completely a one? man I mean, show? it was Shermer, and then we hope we don't have to go any deeper right. than that. Hassan had a little bit, but so Walters was never needed last year. But he was number three when Riley Neal came in this year. Walters was bumped to eventually number four. So that's why he hasn't played yet. So I asked Derek Mason today at the press conference about, well, you know, Walters has been a scout team quarterback all year. Does he even know your offense? And this was uh, this was Derek Mason's response. He does, man, because, you know, when a year ago, you know, man, he was in a, a role where he was up. So, you know, I mean, the reality is, I mean, he's gone through, uh, you know, everything that we've gone through in terms of uh, adjustments, you know, what we do, you know, how we work. He's been in the system long enough. He's he's been through spring ball so you know I mean the idea that this is new to him is not and the one thing that I've seen from Allen you know in the last month is just you know like how he's competed his energy level has been through the roof and like for him I, I think it was just confidence I think you come into college I um, mean you find yourself you know trying to find your way there's guys ahead of you uh, you you come in with a chip on your shoulder and then all of a sudden you know like, like the chip gets knocked off and sometimes you lose your confidence and like for him, uh, it, it's been it's been a year in the making, and when you saw it turn on, the light really turned on. I mean, in terms of how he would come in and operate uh, and watch film, and, and and really start to you know study film and ask questions. He started asking me more questions. He started asking you know his position coach more questions, and that's when you know a guy the, a guy is starting to turn the corner. And so for him, uh, it's never been a wonder about his talent. It was just about the maturity. And right now, I think you know he's in a good place, and. You know, when opportunity knocks, man, you got to be ready. So he thinks he's ready. Can he run Florida's offense? Yes. <laughs> Maybe the Gators haven't prepared for that. He could. He could run South Carolina's offense. Oh, I yeah, would say exactly. Yeah. My South Carolina's offense was better than Vanderbilt. Okay, so maybe. So, but yeah, go for that. <laughs> but I covered I, a high school game one time. This is a true story, and um, the team that won was playing against a team that ran the Notre Dame box, which is kind of a variation of the single wing. And a very intricate, specific offense. So it, it was like a 4A, 5A school, but with not a big bench. So their scout team had been, they played them in the opener. So their scout team had spent, you know, the first, what, three weeks, month of practice leading in, running the Notre Dame box. And they got up like 49 to nothing. 
And they had they already had the third team out there. Like, you know, they, they pretty much emptied the bench and they're still running up. And, then, and the coach was trying not to run it up. So he ran he ran the scout team out there and ran the Notre Dame box against the team. And it took them like five plays to score because they had not practiced one bit against their own offense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it happens. I, don't know, I don't know what else to do. But, um, okay, that's one solution for Vanderbilt. Um, seriously, this is, this is we, we you know, Vanderbilt got a, I, I'm not going to say a stay of execution, but a reprieve from from not being very good and losing to UNLV at home and then picking up what at the time was a top 25 win over Missouri. And you think, okay, maybe they're turning a corner, maybe they figured some things out, and then they, they go out and lay an egg. And now they're going to the swamp. So I think this becomes yet another – we're back where we were a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. And Unless they can pull another rabbit out of their hat. And they have played well in the swamp. As bad as the matchup has been with South Carolina over the years, It's it's been better. It's been much better against Florida. And they've only won one game in the last 26, 27. But going down the swamp, they've lost by two, lost by three. They've, they've, a, lot of, a lot of those games, as I recall, it seems like they were like always like 17 to nine. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah, a they, nine they, to seven, I remember, yeah. about four years ago. They're uh, low scoring. They're tough. They're hard-nosed. Yep. Vandy would always kind of come out and punch them in the mouth a little bit. And Yeah, Florida had better athletes, and that, that generally ended up being the difference. But they knew they'd been in a game. Yeah, the the difference in the quarterbacks, I think, is uh, would have me uh, concerned if I'm Vandy because Deuce Wallace has just not played well. He's gotten his opportunities, but he has not played well. Alan Walters has never played. Uh, that's not really where you want to make your college debut in the swamp. What the, what Deuce the loudest Wa- college stadium I've ever been in, and it won't be for this game. Let's be sure. fair. This is not going to be one where Florida fans are frothing at the mouth. They'll show up in their jorts and they'll, you know, do their thing. And it'll be loud and it'll be relatively full or mostly full because it's Florida and they're doing well. But at its peak, that's the loudest place I've ever been. Like, it sounds like, like I think our columnist in Tuscaloosa, Cecil Hurt, said it sounded like they'd issued every student their own personal jet engine. Huh. And they, you know, how, you know, how loud it is yeah. in an airport where you literally can't, we couldn't hear each other like next to each other screaming. I mean, it is loud. Now, they'll get some of that. Yeah. Because those Gators in their jorts will cheer. But, yeah, it won't be to that extent the whole but day. If you're, if, but if you're a quarterback who's basic, who has never played in college, and this is your first experience, and I could pick, you know, let's let's pick 10 stadiums you don't want to make that in, I would say on the road in Florida is in that 10. Yeah, and, and I, that's why I think Deuce Wallace will start. Derek didn't say. Deuce Wallace, I think, will start. Does Alan Walters play? They just run the Wildcat. They will some. They need to run it all completely. They, they will some with, with Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Honestly, that's one of their better sets, quite frankly, because take the middle man out of it and just let the man do his thing. I mean, I think one problem they have with that is I don't know if Keyshawn can throw at all. Now, obviously, you don't. That's not set up for the guy to throw, but you want the threat of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to roll out about twice a game, even, and just to say, "Hey, Kentucky's running a wide out at quarterback." Right. So it maybe who can got, throw a little bit? Kalaja Lipscomb is that maybe? 
Uh, he, he he could be a guy. Yeah, his I mean, personal reasons where he wanted to play quarterback. I mean, th- yes, that's what it is. <laughs> We've gotten to the bottom of it. Twenty minutes into the podcast, we figured it out. Yeah, so uh, I, I, th- I mean, I would think Walters will probably play. Uh, I don't think he'll play a lot, but I think it's Deuce Wallace's time. Part of that is, is look, you've got two guys out with concussions, and and we are in a different age than we were ten years ago. Not to mention twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. Where you know they would just give you some smelling salts and throw you back out there. These these are serious things, and we can't say, well, you know, it's not like an ankle. And you say, well, if he does all of his rehab, he'll be back in three weeks or four weeks or five weeks. This is a concussion, and you can't say either of those guys is going to be back. Right, and that's no reflection on their toughness or anything like that until they're cleared medically. And you know, if you're having headaches or you're having you know, double vision or you're having even, even you know, things that, that take weeks and weeks sometimes for – so you can't say, well, you know those guys will be back next week. Well, and I think Hassan last year, late in the year, got a concussion, and so that – So we're talking about two guys who've had multiple concussions. Yeah, so when, once – Neil's had more than one, correct? Yeah, I believe so, yes. So when that happens, you're – You're ultra careful, which they should be. That's, that's a praise to Vandy, but I will say this – that being the case, and you don't know that these guys are going to be back, you're down to two quarterbacks, one of whom's never played. You better go ahead and play him. So if you need, if he has to be the guy, at least he's been in. He's been in. A, he's been out there. And see, that's why my questions in the post game of the day were: Was Derek? Did you ever even consider playing Alan Walters? Because I would have thought you're down. Was it three touchdowns or whatever? It's middle of the fourth quarter. How about bring him out there and have him hand the ball off? Nothing and, but that. Yeah. And you know, throw a throw a seven yard out or something. I mean, just something, just you know, to get you know out there what? and take snaps. Just throw it deep. You know, just throw it up for grabs. So, well, so so what if it gets intercepted? What's the worst case scenario? You lose the game. Well, and it's funny you say that because today at the press conference, uh, Derek Mason was asked what he's been asked several weeks in a row is why can't you throw the ball deep? Why can't you get the ball down the field? Jared Pinkney still has. 15 catches in eight games. What's up with that? And he said he went into the offensive meeting room this week with the offensive coordinator, Jerry Godowski, and he said he sat in there longer than he usually does, and he kind of stuck his nose a little bit into the offense more this week. And essentially his message was, I want to take some shots deep this week. I don't want to piddle around. I want to, I want to throw it deep. Now, when that's you, easier said than done unless you're playing a video game, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, because you can also get your – it takes longer to, for a longer pattern to develop, so you're you're risking your quarterback. They have not especially well protected, or you wouldn't have two guys out. And Deuce Wallace has not shown yet that he's a deep ball thrower. Alan Grant, Walters, Grant. I'm not real sure. Granted, um, you know, I think the other the two that are definitely not playing are probably better proven deep ball throwers. Not that they're accomplished at it, quite frankly, but but I've seen them both throw the ball deep. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, and, you know, deep is deep. We, sixty yards, forty yards. We're talking about different yeah. things. We're talking about different routes. I, I would say Deuce Wallace is mobile. When they have not used him in that way, when he's when they haven't used his legs, I don't think enough when he's been in the game. And Alan Walters supposedly is mobile. I would think you've got to have that in the game plan, and maybe you use some of the zone read stuff, some play action stuff, and use that to set up throws downfield. But we'll we'll see. I'm not confident in what they can do in the swamp. Maybe they keep it close because they have in the past, but it's just you're you're behind the eight ball if you're going down there without a without a proven quarterback. I agree. 
Ba- Want to talk basketball? Let's talk basketball. How about those doors? I think Vandy fans right now listening are saying, "Please start with basketball <laughs> next time." That's you know that's kind of like the childbirth thing. You know, like a woman after having childbirth, I think tends to say, "I'll never do that again." And then, <laughs> then, then you know they forget the pain, and then they there's the kid, and it's you know your mom, and okay, I, I'd like to have another. Do child. it again, yeah. If you ask them at the moment that they're that they're giving birth, would you like to have another child? I think the consensus is no, ever, never, ever. Well, let's not forget Vanderbilt has not won a game in basketball in 2019, and it's not because they haven't played any. They've played. And I don't mean the 2019-20 season. I mean the January the 1st calendar date. year. Lost 20 in a row. That Ouch. ends Wednesday night. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Is that is You're that a, calling your shot? You know, you look at their their schedule, and I think you and Gentry maybe went over this last week, but. SEMO, Corpus Christi, Richmond, Austin Peay, South Carolina State, Southeast, Eastern Louisiana. This schedule is set up to... This schedule is set up to get that monkey off their back. And to to, give this team a chance to go out and feel like what it is like to win. Yes, and it's stair-stepped. It's it's, um, wins early, mid-major, solid, strong mid-major teams where you have to play well well to win in the middle of the schedule and then conference schedule. Right, so, where, you, where you better be ready to play. As, yes. you, you need to be as ready to play as you can be by then. Yes, it's a build confidence through wins. Let's see if we can take the next step and beat some pretty good teams and, and then even play if really you don't, good. Win or lose, you need to be put in some situations where you're not up 30 points with 10 minutes left. You know, you could schedule – a, a schedule for Vandy or anybody else in, in Power Five, where you were never tested in the preseason. You can play the entire SWAC and play, right. you know, Popcorn State and you know all of those people. And oh well, look, you're undefeated. You're going to conference play, but now the first time you're down on the second half, what's going to happen? You don't. Even, your guys don't even know what that is. Right. Right. So uh, it's Jerry Stackhouse. I guess we've even mentioned his name, but he's 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 I know, the new I know coach. That name. He's the new coach, and where he, do I know that they, name from? <laughs> a few different places. <laughs> the NBA. I, I would North I, Carolina. I remember him more as a Tar Heel, but I do too. But about you know. But I watch more. I'll be honest. I watch more college yes, than pro basketball. Same. But he 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 was he was not he did, he wasn't just on a roster in the NBA. Correct. Yeah. Couple couple all stars in there. Yeah. I think he led the league in scoring one year. Led the Eastern Conference. Does I think he have any eligibility left? Uh, I did ask him the other day if he can beat his players one on one. He said, "Yeah, I don't think any of them can beat me yet." I believe him. By the way, today's his birthday. Uh, he looks like he you can know what still he needs, play. You know what? Somebody needs to give him a win for his birthday. Well, I, I would say the day after. They don't have to come immediately. Southeast Missouri State, SEMO. Now, my biggest question out of the, and this question was asked by Mike Oregon, who cover, fortunately covered the exhibition while I was on the road with the football team against Clark Atlanta. Saban Lee did not start the exhibition game. Now, you and I both know sometimes in exhibition games you have a message sent, and we There's thought— There's so many reasons. You can be rewarding that guy who's just outworked everybody, yep. even though you know he's not going to be one of your starters, but you want to show everybody on that team, including that player. If you come with this kind of attitude every day, you can get in this lineup. And I, I I've, thought, I've seen that before. And I thought maybe that was the case because Max Evans started, and Max Evans is fine, but Max Evans is a— kind of gritty type defender 
and said, hey, Max has done a really good job defending, is what Jerry Stackhouse said. So the thinking is, okay, maybe Saban was a little lax at his defense in practice, and he's sending the message. I just want to tell everybody, you know, the way to crack this lineup is, you know, I'm not. I'm not looking at your. I'm looking at your jumper. I'm also looking at what you're doing on the other end. And that was the thinking of why he did that. Now I asked Jerry Stackhouse today if that was that really permanent or long term, or was that just temporary? Where you're trying to send a message? And I thought he had a pretty interesting uh, answer. Here's Jerry Stackhouse. Well, this is what we're starting with right now. You know, it's like you don't really know what everybody's roles are right now. We're still trying to figure out a lot about our team, but I, mean, I think right now it gives us the. Our two best scores, trying to offset them a little bit, as opposed to having them um, both start the game, you know, and then we've got to both bring them out the game to, to take a breather, and then it drops off a little bit for us. So I think it's some strategy, but I mean, it's, it could be a game where we want to start off uh, with saving starting. But right now, um, Scotty's ball. I mean, I think we're long term for for what we're trying to build and um, make sure that we have a point guard for the future. And, and what he brings and his skill set as far as you know, running the team is, 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 is what we're going with right now. So he doesn't want his two best scorers on the floor at the beginning of the game. Aaron Neesmith is the other one he's talking about. Aaron Neesmith and Saban Lee, he, you know, he, he wants to avoid offensive lulls, I think is what he's, point, he's, he's indicating there. You have one guy in there, then you pull him out, put the other guy in, and you're never at a point where you don't have those two guys on the floor. Also, the other thing you mentioned there is Scotty Pippen, point guard of the future and point guard of junior. now. Point gu- yeah, Scotty Pippen Jr. Not that one, his son. Yeah, but it, but Dad if is. You get Stackhouse and Dad Pippen out there. You, you got probably, a team. Yeah, I think I think that's a starting backcourt, right? Yeah, and Dad Scotty Pippen Sr. was at the was at the exhibition game. I don't know if he'll be at the season, but I bet he is. I, I bet think he is. I would. Why would you go to just the exhibition game? Yeah. So and Pippen was fine. Little Pippen was was good. He 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 started and. He likes how he runs the baby team. Baby Pippen, can we call him Baby Pippen? We can go with Baby Pippen. Baby I, Pippen. I should that. ask him what he needs to go by. But you know, the, the, we saw the difference in the two point guards. Saban Lee is a slasher scorer, more dynamic. Yes, player. I mean he's cut above them. And Scotty, and that's nothing against the other guy. No, I mean Scotty is a distributor. He he goes into the paint to find a shooter on the perimeter. He goes into the paint to dish it off to somebody. He's not looking to score. He right. will, but he does, he's not looking primarily. So two different point guards, they can play together, and they did some the other night. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I do like that Stackhouse is coming in and saying, I've got, a, I've got an idea. I want to try this rather than, okay, well, I'll take on the team that lost 20 in a row last year, and I'll just see if they'll be better under me. He's coming in and wants to shake things up, and obviously something needs to be different with a similar lineup to last year. I'm, I'm interested in the off-court dynamics of 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 of, and, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to criticize a guy who coached 20 straight losses. I am going to criticize a guy who coached sure. 20 straight losses. I thought, and you were much closer to this team than I was, but I watched on TV. I saw him live the SEC tournament. I, I saw guys do really bad things like bad turnovers and it was almost like i mean you expect sometime when you just go in there and throw the ball away trying to go behind your back yep to somebody who's not there trying to do you know putting way too much mustard on something to make things difficult and you turn it over and you do that you know two turnovers on two trips and you come out of the game you get a pat on the back i think somebody need to get in somebody's grill on that team and i don't think that happened last year and i got a feeling this staff's gonna it's gonna be a different 
experience for the returning players. Probably for the new guys, they're used to that. They know you're supposed to. I'm not saying that that the miracle of coaching is to yell at people when they do bad, but it's certainly not to reward them. You know, you don't give a dog a treat when he pees on the rug. You know, I've, you teach him not to pee on the rug. Well, along those lines, I had a conversation. Your dog, your dog Toffee Nut. Toffee Nut. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a dog named Toffee now. I want to uh, meet this this pooch. <laughs> I had a conversation along these lines with Cleavon Brown the other day, Vandy's senior power forward. So Cleavon was recruited by and signed under Kevin Stallings. He played under Bryce Drew, and he's now playing a senior year under Jerry Stackhouse. And I asked him to kind of compare those guys. And you know, any player, he's not going to disparage the former coach. And they all liked Bryce nobody, Drew. Yeah, nobody, everybody. I, I don't think Bryce Drew's a bad guy. I don't think you got results. Yeah, and I asked Cleavon, I said, well, tell me what Jerry Stackhouse is like in practice as a coach. And I said, is he intimidating? Because he has a little bit of that feel, the scowl, as he as he likes to say, uh, the scowl on his face when he's angry. And he said, I won't say intimidating, although when he said that, he kind of he kind of laughed like, yeah, it's intimidating. But he said, respectful is the word that I would go with. He said, but here, this is what Cleavon said. He said, the best way I could put it is when he speaks, we all get instantly quiet and we listen. And he said, because he didn't say, he didn't talk all the time. But when he speaks with that deep baritone voice, he said, we absolutely listen. And I think they lacked that last year. I really think they lacked that last season. I think there was a point where... It looked from the outside as if they had tuned out the, the coaching staff. There, and, and there was certainly nothing that that took place that, that made it look like, okay, he's done something to get their attention now. There was a point where they were very plugged in, and they fought their hearts out, and they weren't quite good enough, and they lost a great player you know, who's in the NBA now, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they lost that really close game against Tennessee where maybe one call doesn't go their way or maybe it ends up different. And I think two weeks after that, you weren't looking at the same team. Right. Yeah, I, they were done. They were done. And there were even the game after that. I have to go back and look. But you can see certainly a point. There's a point where it looked like they see, you know, we tried everything we can do. We gave it our all. It didn't work. So and that's where a coach has to come in and say, uh, uh-uh, we got we got we got another month and a half to play. And I'd like to play beyond that. So y'all can get over that, and let's let's get on to the next. Game. And I think we can both say, in all the sports we've covered over the years, it's easy to say, well, the new coach is going to be good because the old coach is bad. But I don't think we're saying that. I think we're saying it's going to be a difference, and it's going to be different a difference in accountability. And let's judge it when Jerry Stackhouse hits a rough patch. I think that's where we're yeah. going to know, and that's probably not going to be in this first month. It may be in December, maybe. It's probably going to be in January, February right. when he hits that conference schedule. Sure, then we'll. No, and then we'll see if he's real comfortable with not having both his best players on the floor. <laughs> that's right, that's and right. might change his mind because I, I think when he was in the NBA, there was. I think if he was the guy that the coach, you know, we're not going to start you because you're one of our best players, and we want to make sure you're. I, I think that he would have probably had a problem with that. Yeah, you know? and um, and we'll see how that plays out. But to to go circle back to football a little bit, Derek Mason could have lost this team after the UNLV game, and obviously he didn't. He got some people's attention. He got the media's attention afterward. Yep. But they came out there and played their butts off, and I didn't see that in basketball where where you would have liked to have seen it, where there's a certain point where somebody just said, enough's enough, we're going to go out and win a game. <laughs> win a a game. game, yes. So we've got basketball starting at Vanderbilt. We have football. I'm covering women's basketball. They have a good roster. They had a good roster last year and lost a lot of games. 
We'll see if that changes this year. They beat some Lady Vols, though, so that they probably – um, they got they, there's at least a little something, and not a lot, but a little something to build on there. In baseball this weekend, Sunday at noon oh, on yes. SEC Network Plus, the David Williams Fall Classic – just an interesting event. For it's a, it's an exhibition game, obviously, but it's against Michigan's, which is t- technically a rematch of the uh, national title it's series. An exhibition. It's, it's an exhibition. It's not a game, but if you are in town and you're a Commodore fan, that would be worth going to because of uh, you're going to see a high level of baseball. Um, you get to see a bunch of Michigan guys who probably haven't seen a fly ball for a while because it's really cold up there. So they don't tend to practice. They tend to do a lot of gym practicing and stuff. And I, I, we'll we'll put this off till next week. Next week I'll kind of go over some of the baseball themes because I did talk to Tim Corbin today. I'll have it in the Tennessee and about a few injuries that people most people do not know about. I'll, I'll hold off on that. One guy I will say to watch if you go to this game or if you even watch it on TV, SEC Network Plus, uh, Jack Leiter. As the son of Al Leiter, the MLB Network analyst, but of course he was a all-star pitcher, really good pitcher for many years in the majors. Jack Leiter is a freshman. He was their top signee. He's a, uh, I would say crafty right-hander, but crafty sounds like he doesn't have velocity. He does. Everybody has velocity at Vandy. He's their. When I talked to Tim Corbin this morning, he he kept ex- describing him comparing him to other guys they've had in the past they're all in the majors now and then saying his demeanor is like kumar rocker last year and then he quickly stopped himself and said well i'm not saying he's like those guys i don't want to put that pressure on him but i see those guys i see him and it's Mm -hmm. the same thing so look at jack Leiter, the right hander he'll probably only throw an inning or two yeah this isn't the game what three of the college world series where you take your best one that's got a fresh arm and you'd ride him as long as you can that's what fall ball's for yeah he'll you'll, get... see, you'll see some different combinations and probably a lot of different people playing I, I imagine they'll play full rules but i've been at fall ball exhibitions where not a split squad but where you know well let's let's let him have another at bat right here right you know um i want to see him one more i want to see this guy against a left-hander yeah and both coaches are okay with that you know i, wanna I don't know see, if they'll I, do that i want to i want to see this with a runner on third right we'll see how we how we perform yeah, so, this here yeah you know so i mean it may not be that if you bring your scorebook you may tear it up and throw it apart <laughs> because you can't figure out what the rules are because they're making them up or they may play straight baseball rules regardless it's a it's a good day to go out and celebrate a national championship and look at what the team coming back will be. It's it's going to be an interesting thing. And they're going to pay tribute to uh, diversity in Nashville baseball that over the many years. Uh, so they're going to actually have special uniforms, at least for Vandy. I'm not sure if Michigan is or not, but it's going to be the old Negro League teams, the, the Nashville, Nashville Stars, Stars and the Detroit Stars. Yeah, and the uh, Nashville Stars being because – that's partly because that's the the adopted name of the would be major league team that that's right. the organizers for major league here in Nashville have chosen. So big baseball day on, on on Sunday. All right, well that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to tennessean.com if you haven't already and uh remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play or wherever it is you find your podcast. You can drop us a review and a rating if you like what you've heard or even if you didn't. For Adam Sparks, I'm Tommy Dees, and we'll be back to do this again next week.